1: Jerry and Tracy Pauly
2: and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 211 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry.
1: And I'm Tracy.
2: 211.
1: 211. I'm taller than that, so don't go there.
2: (laughs) Not much. I know,
1: like two more points (laughs) up. That's so sad.
2: All right, guys. We want to say a big thank you to all of you for tuning in and a big thank you to all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. And thanks to all of you people on the front line, keeping everybody safe and working retail and trucking and stuff during uh, the big COVID-19 disaster that we're experiencing.
1: Yes. God bless every one of you. Stay safe out there and thank you for Keep America Going.
2: I also wanted to say, if you are experiencing a tough time right now, I don't know a lot of people are. I saw something from Vermont the other day that said, as of the end of July, they already had over 120 suicides, which is what they did all of 2019, and we were only halfway through the year. So this thing's definitely taking a toll on people. Just know, like I told somebody earlier today on the phone, you know, they told me. You know, I just don't want to reach out to you guys. I don't want to bother you guys. I know you got a lot going on. We come on this show every week and tell you to give us a call if you need to. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have the time for that, we wouldn't. We wouldn't do it.
1: Well, there's always time for that, right?
2: I don't so, care I mean, what the situation is. We we don't ever feel like it. And, and as I explained to this person, that's why we always say you're not a burden to people. You uh, people do want to hear what you have to say because. Unfortunately, that's where the problem lies is people do start feeling like they're a burden and nobody wants to hear them. And, and that's something you tell yourself and talk yourself into. That's not reality most of the time.
1: No, that's that's very true.
2: So, But yeah. if you don't want to talk to us and uh, you don't want to talk in the group and you'd rather talk to somebody that's a little more anonymous, you can always call the suicide hotline.
1: Yes, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Or you can give them a text at 741-741. And you can always count on our group for support as well.
2: Yeah, we did a little fine-tuning in the group. Uh, So we'll get into that just real quick before we get on with the show. We did add some admins. So we have now nine total admins where we only had five before. So we got four extra to kind of go through and make sure it stays a safe place.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: So I want to thank all of our... Our admins for yeah. doing, a, doing a heck of a job. And, yeah, you guys and rock. It good. All right. Are you ready for tonight's episode?
1: I am so ready. I can't stand myself.
2: <laughs> I do want to mention that tonight's episode is brought to us by El Yucateco Hot Sauce.
1: El Yucateco. That's the first time I've said it. Did I say it right?
2: That's the first time you said it correctly.
1: Oh, yes. Well, hell
2: yeah. <laughs> do I, They Can are. Give me some hot
1: sauce. They're the
2: number one. Rated habanero hot sauce in the United States. And they're in the top 10 of all hot sauce, period. Woo-hoo. You can get them at any major grocer. For the most part, Target, Walmart, both have them. Yes. If you don't see them in your grocer, first of all, ask them to start carrying it.
1: Absolutely.
2: But if you want to just not wait on them and get it, go to com, and you can order merchandise, you can order hot sauce, and you can have a good time with
1: it. There you go. It's good. Wait. We put, we put, it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: my God. <laughs> <laughs> we put some on pizza.
1: Oh, it was so good!
2: So it even made Papa John's pizza taste good. Uh, uh, yeah, so that, that needs some
1: help. Yeah. Hey, if any of any y'all, I know that we love hot sauce on pizza, but man, have is anybody put Worcestershire sauce on pizza?
2: How you gonna bring Worcestershire sauce during an advertisement for El oh, Yucateco? Who's sponsoring the show? No, Has I Worcestershire get, sauce ever spent a money on the show?
1: Okay, I get you. <laughs> I, what I was gonna say, I didn't get to finish. Worcestershire sauce. It's good, but then I tried the hot sauce from them, and now I like it way better. But I do still like the Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> that's
2: that's, gr- that's disgusting. disgusting. No,
1: it's not. Y'all have not I lived. I like
2: Worcestershire sauce. I don't like it on pizza.
1: You don't know. It's so good. But I, I do know. Os- we we'll try it. It's you disgusting. Did? Oh. But yeah, that hot sauce, really, it just does, I don't know, it just gives it a kick or something. It's really good. So you guys what? try it. What?
2: Hot sauce gives it a kick? What the hell? <laughs> Get off my nuts, man! All right, let's get on to the story. This is kind of funny. I picked this. <laughs> I picked this story mainly because I liked the name. I thought the name was funny.
1: Oh, I was going to say you picked your nose. Well, wow, that's rude.
2: So then, I turned. I turned on an episode of Lore that I haven't listened to, the most recent one, and he mentioned. <laughs> yeah. He mentioned it in the podcast, Isn't that and I thought crazy? I had never heard of this. It's so and funny then all sudden, how that works. Boom. Of course, he only he barely touched on it, so he didn't really. Yeah. Do much when it came to this one, it was just like a prelude to what he yeah, was Yeah,
1: that's cool though. All
2: right, tonight we're going to talk about the Bally Galley Castle Hotel.
1: Oh, I want to say that the Bally Galley Castle Hotel. Say I three, love say that. 30 times fast. Bally Galley Castle Hotel. Bally Galley Castle Hotel. Bally Galley Castle Hotel. In your face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when did we start doing the uh Tracy DC?
1: Oh crap.
2: We should do that next week. I need
1: to get my rock on.
2: And after tonight's story, we've got Tom and Andrea from We Drink and We Know Things out of Louisville, Kentucky. You guys are going to love this. This was a very fun uh, interview. It's not really much of an interview. It's just more of them doing a short version of their show, and it's pretty cool. You'll like it. All right. So it's been a while since we've done an an Irish story, so I thought I would try to find one that I wasn't familiar with. And luckily, Ireland you know, they've got no shortage of haunted places. Oh, yeah.
1: So. I want to go there like so bad. I
2: know you do. Sorry. Go ahead. So, therefore, it wasn't too hard to find a place that caught my attention the Ballygally Castle Hotel. Ballygally is a resort town in Northern Ireland, approximately three miles from Larne, which I had never heard of, but it's 20 miles from Belfast, which I have heard of. Belfast, yeah, Germany? Belfast, I mean, Belfast, Germany. Germany. I don't know. Belfast, <laughs> Ireland. Ireland, sorry.
1: I don't know. I had Germany in my brain. I believe Belfast
2: is the capital of Ireland. Okay, gotcha. So. Which would be a big shock to Germany. (laughs) You'd be like, why the hell is the capital of Ireland here in Germany? But I don't know. I don't know. It's population, get this, between 500 and 1,000 people.
1: That is it?
2: Depending on the time of the year.
1: Well, good for them. That's nice.
2: (laughs) As far as the castle itself, it's breathtaking. Oh, I can imagine. Absolutely beautiful. It's like something straight off of a postcard. It's a charming almost teal-colored Scottish baronial castle that overlooks the sea. Teal? Almost teal. Oh, my gosh. that kind gosh. of a, like, a, uh, like a really pastel <gasps> kind of...
1: Oh, I can just see it. It looks so beautiful.
2: Well, as beautiful as it is during the daytime, it's just as terrifying on a dark stormy what? evening. It's like something that's straight out of a black-and-white horror movie from the 1950s oh and the 60s. Like, Frankenstein or something image. like that. Yeah. If you knocked on the door, you would expect Vincent Price to open the door. That's all I'm saying. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be, especially since he's dead. That would be even more special. <laughs> so you've got to drive up this eerie dark road that's right along the coast to get to the castle at the top of the hill. Just think about that. Yeah. In the corner of the castle is a turret. And you know I love turrets. What's You're, that? You know, the rounded part like of the castle.
1: Uh, like on the corner. Do you have to it's, cross a moat?
2: I don't think you have to cross a moat on this one. But that's a moat point. <laughs> <laughs> There's a small window in this turret that's overlooking the north channel of the IRC. The window is in a small, drafty little room known as the Ghost Room. And you'll get into several stories as to why it's called the Ghost Room. Nobody stays in that room, at least nobody living anymore. Mm-hmm. Tracy, I yes. have your attention.
1: You have my attention.
2: So let's learn about the Ballygally Castle Hotel. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. This hotel was added onto the castle in the 1950s. So if you're looking at it from the outside, it's obvious where the castle ends and the hotel starts. Mm-hmm. Okay. As far as the castle itself, it was built in 1625 by a gentleman but that went by James Shaw. So he moved into the area in 1613 from Scotland. He built the castle and it was in a uh, french chateau style
1: Sounds nice.
2: So that makes a lot of sense. You got a scottish man who moved to ireland and he built a french castle. <laughs> so <laughs> It had 5 foot thick walls, a steep roof and a corner turret. I love this part. It, an open stream ran through the outer oh, hall. Oh, how nice. Oh, way ran in the inside? Through the outer hall. Ah. Oh. This made it really convenient for drinking water, but it also guaranteed that if somebody was to come in there and and start a war or something like that, that whoever was living in there could hold out for a very long period of time
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because they had water and, you know, accessible to them. Right. You would think, though, that somebody would just, if they were just right up and saw the stream running in it, they could just poison it.
1: Oh, wow. You would think. I'm glad you didn't give them that idea.
2: (laughs) Soon after the castle was completed, Shaw married a young woman by the name of Lady Isabel. Now, Lady Isabel gave birth to a daughter in the first two years of their marriage. This is going to lead us to the ghost room in the turret that we spoke about a little bit earlier. As so many legends go, this one's a little dicey. It's got a couple of different variations. So the story goes that Shaw was so upset that the baby was a girl and that Lady Isabel didn't provide an heir to him, that he demanded her to be locked in that small turret room. Lady Isabel fell to her death from the window. It's unclear whether uh, she fell actually trying to get to to her daughter somehow, some way, like climbing out the window or something like that, or she jumped to end her misery, or Shaw might have even sent some of his henchmen to help her fall out the window, so to speak. I
1: mean, she can't help what she had.
2: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because when I heard that, this didn't really seem to make sense to me. Why wouldn't he just try to keep having another baby? Well, you know, now I know some of these people... Quit Some of these people did some crazy things back in the day. But that was my thing, too. So I did some more research. And I found another version of this story that made a little more sense to me. In this version, it said that Lady Isabel had been having an affair with a seaman. Ooh, it may be possible with a (laughs) seaman. Oh, (laughs) it may be possible that this could have also bring up a discussion of whether or not the little girl that was born was Mm -hmm. Shaw's or whether it was the Seaman's. Either way, Seaman was involved. (laughs) When Shaw found out about the affair, he became irate and he had his wife locked in the room. Over time, the rage drove either her to commit suicide or Shaw to have her killed, one or the other. So it goes without saying that several people have experienced ghosts of Lady Isabel in the ghost room over the last four centuries. That's a long time.
1: Wow, that is a long time. Did he do anything to her lover?
2: Well, we don't know for a fact that that actually happened as far as the lover. So okay. that was just a rumor. So as far as I could tell, nothing, but that does seem like a little more likely story of mm-hmm. why he would have her locked in a turret. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the story from, uh, what was the other one we did, um, in England, Loftus Hall. That was a similar to where the husband was mad at the woman for having an affair and locked her away until she eventually died was one of the stories. On that.
1: Oh man. I mean, I get it, you're upset and you have every right to be, but that's a little
2: harsh. Yeah, I mean, back then, hell, most of the time they would have had him killed, so I guess it's not as harsh as having him killed.
1: Yeah.
2: So Lady Isabel has been known to wander around the old part of the castle as well, besides just that room she stays in there. So Lady Isabel may be the most popular spirit that haunts this magnificent structure, but she isn't the only one. Olga Henry. She became the manager of the hotel in January of 2003 and she says even though she's from the area she had no clue that the castle was haunted until she took the job there.
1: Mm.
2: She admitted to being a skeptic but she said the more that she worked there the more she believes that there is definitely something strange going on inside the castle and the hotel. Mm -hmm. She also said that there are definitely certain rooms that guests specifically requests. Ooh, nice. So, These are in the castle section because keep in mind, like I said, the castle is is the castle. And then you can see in the 50s where they built the hotel onto it. So it's, But what happens is some, there's like four or five rooms in the actual castle that you can rent. And then the rest are part of the regular. And those are the ones that people want, the part that are in the old castle. Oh,
1: I'm sure. But I'm sure when they added on, that probably disturbed a bunch of stuff.
2: And that's very possible. Oga says that sometimes these guests that decide that they want these specific rooms that they get a little more than they're bargained for. Oh, gosh. Because these rooms are all right below the ghost room.
1: Oh, see, yeah. Ooh, that <laughs> might be too much for me even.
2: One of these guests was staying in, in one of the rooms that were uh, in the old castle. and They were there in town for business. And this man had young kids, but they weren't on this trip. So he was, you know, asleep. It's middle of the night, mm-hmm. and as he's asleep, he feels hands of young children, and it's like they're like putting their hands on his head, so it mm-hmm. wakes him up middle of the night. So you know how it is. Sometimes when you wake up, you kind of lose track of where you're at.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: So he's like forgets that he's out somewhere, and he's thinking it's his home when it's his kids, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it dawns on him. Oh, I'm not at the house. Oh, yeah. I'm at a hotel and the kids aren't here. And it freaked him out so much that he went down to the lobby area, to the to the uh, admissions desk, in his underwear only, and demanded that they put him in a different room. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. But, yeah, he said once he woke up and felt them hands and, and realized they would not there, that he could hear kids running and laughing in his room. So, well, see, I don't know if that would have bothered me. Yeah. Yeah it would've. Oh, you think it would've? Yeah, I guarantee it would've. There's two private dining rooms in the old part. One of them is called the Dungeon. Doesn't that sound charming? The gun? The dungeon.
1: Oh, I thought you said the gun gungeon. I'm like, what the heck is that? What
2: the hell is a gungeon?
1: I don't even know. But a dungeon don't sound good. Isn't
2: that a song? Gungeon style. <laughs> 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 So anyways, you got that one. It's got this old world stone floor, beautiful fireplace, this rough cut walls. The other dining room is called the 1625 room. But let's we're going to focus on the dungeon room because I couldn't find anything interesting about the
1: 1625
2: room. Huh. Told you Olga, Henry, the one who was, was running the place starting in 2003, said she had a strange incident happen there. And this is going to freak you out a little bit. Okay. There were a group of directors that were going to be staying at the hotel. And the night that they arrived, they were going to have their dinner in the dungeon room. So that was kind of her job to go in there and set everything up. Yeah, that is so creepy sounding. (laughs) So Olga said that she had set up the entire room the day before. Things like making sure all the glasses were sparkling, you know, that kind of stuff, the normal Mm -hmm. stuff. The candelabras, they they all had to be perfect. And so they get everything done. They lock the door and they leave. She has the only key. The morning comes, she can see that the guests were checking in. Mm-hmm. So she thought, you know, what the heck, I'm going to go up to the dungeon and get it opened up just in case the directors want to come in and take a look at the place. Fair enough. She opens the door and she said that the table was an absolute mess.
1: You're kidding.
2: Nothing else in the room had been disturbed, but all of the glasses were laid in a circle around the table. The linen napkins had all been unfolded and thrown, you know, all over the place. There was a round mirror that, on the table that had the candelabra sitting in it. Everything, including the mirror and the candelabra, was covered with a dust. She said it, was, it was, wasn't the kind of regular dust you could just wipe off. She said it didn't want to do anything. It was more like scum. It's how she described it.
1: Oh, she worked so hard.
2: She said... This dust wasn't anywhere else in the room, not on the floor, not on the furniture, just on the table.
1: Oh my gosh, thank goodness she went up and checked on that before. Did she get it cleaned up
2: and all that, I wonder? I don't know about... well, not really. She she said that it made the hair on the back of her neck stand up. Oh, I bet. And cause I've been like so I said, pissed. She had the only key. But see, I, I think you're missing the gist of the story. You're talking about... You're you're more concerned about whether she got it re cleaned up in time, not putting the focus on the fact that how did this happen? What was that mysterious substance on there?
1: No, I I feel you on that.
2: But I mean at that at that point though, you kind of really don't worry about you you know, it's what? like what the hell happened here? Because you've, you've, you've got to be freaked out. You got the only key, and now there's a substance that you don't even know what it is, and it's only on the tables. The glasses have been moved, and yeah. there was no way anybody could have gotten in there.
1: Well, I mean, that would freak me out, but then I would be in panic mode if people were supposed to be coming there. Like, what do you do? Just well, say, but she
2: had all day to get that done. She was only opening it up in case they wanted to see it. I'm sure oh, she could make a lie or something if they wanted to see it and say, you know,
1: that something. I wonder what that stuff was.
2: I don't know. That's what I said. She said it wouldn't like, it looked like dust, but it was more like scum. Think about that. Because I'm thinking about like in the shower. Yeah, on your you know, tub or and on Or on the buildup that you get on your tub or something like that. And this happened overnight and nowhere else except.
1: What? Well, that is crazy. That table.
2: So, anyway, so she has no clue how it got there or what it was. She said that it was unnerving to say the least. Oh, I bet. The oldest part of the hotel is. By far the most active, but there is some other activity in the newer part of the hotel. There have been some mediums come to Ballygally Castle Hotel to see what they could pick up on, obviously. And they say that on some nights, there are more spirits than there are guests in the hotel. Dang! The most common report is children laughing and playing. There's also a distinct sound of a silk dress ruffling, even when there is no dress around. That could possibly be making that noise. Sometimes the showers turn on by themselves and they flood the room below. That's, that's nice. Oh my gosh, now that's just pushing it. Many of the guests have told stories of phantom knocks on their door only to open the, the door and then find out there's nobody at the door or nobody in the hallway. We talked about Lady Isabel. Her ghosts is seen more in the old section of the hotel, especially in the ghost room. I told you we'd get back to that. In 1998, the week before Halloween, Kim Linehan, she was a reporter from BBC Radio, she was doing a show called Good Morning Ulster, and she wanted to record some fun stuff for Halloween um, for the show. Mm -hmm. She thought, you know, hey, that'd be cool. She decided to stay the night in the ghost room, and she thought, hey, this would make a cool story. So Kim said... That she got a much bigger story than she ever imagined that she was going to (laughs) get. She said she thought it would be fun and that they would all just get a big laugh out of it. So Kim drove up on a dark, stormy October evening. Once she got there, she met up with a psychic medium that she had already uh, kind of pre-set up. Okay. The medium didn't want any kind of publicity. She just wanted to make contact. Matter of fact, she said she only wanted to go by Sally. So...
1: People, people would, would know, know that she
2: weren't there. She weren't. That she wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm writing a book. Um, can imagine how that's going to be. Good thing I got people smarter than me looking at it. But she didn't want any credit, so she just went by the first name. So Sally picked up on the same feelings of the mediums that were for her and said that there were several spirits in the hotel. Kim and Sally went up to the ghost room. Sally starts this meditation ritual, and the ritual she was doing was designed to make contact with a spirit. This room is very small, and it has only a wrought iron cot-style bed, a dresser and mirror, and a chair and some old picture. That's it. Mm-hmm. Little B room. Of course... The window overlooking the sea is in there. We talked about that earlier. That's the one that that supposedly she might have been pushed out of or fell from and that people can see. So Kim said that whatever Sally was doing was obviously working because the environment changed. Sally was not in any kind of a trance, but she was very focused on what she was doing. So Kim starts the tape recorder that she's got. She's ready to catch anything that might happen. It started to get really warm in the room. Kim said it must have gone up at least 10 degrees. About this time, Sally starts talking to somebody. Then, as the heat rose, a smell seemed to come along with the temperature change. Kim said it wasn't vanilla, but it was very familiar. But she said it was kind of like an old and musty mm-hmm. smelling vanilla. Also, important to know that the smell came all at once, it didn't gradually happen, which was strange because, you know, when you have smells they typically don't just Mm. randomly appear yeah you know so kim said the hair stood up on the back of her neck sally was having a conversation with somebody but whoever this was she was having a conversation with was obviously distressed kim said it was like listening to one of those uh, phone conversations where you only get to hear one side Mm -hmm. but you can kind of figure out what the other person is saying or at least the the mood of the call So Sally was trying to calm down the spirit that she later said was a very upset female. Sally said that the spirit was that of a young woman who was scared and looking for her young daughter. Which sounds like the story of Isabel.
1: That's so sad.
2: The spirit said that she was being kept there against her will and it was an older woman who wouldn't let her out of the room. Sally said that several times during the conversation, the woman spirit would go over to that window and look out towards the sea. She was looking for a seaman by the name of Robert. She wondered why Robert had not come back to get her. So the whole experience lasted for right around eight minutes before Sally's face went completely blank and she said, I've lost her. Kim said that as soon as Sally said that she had lost her, the smell immediately disappeared. And she said, a normal smell cannot just come and go like that. Also, the temperature in the room went right back down. Now, I find this part of the story particularly fascinating because most of the time when you think about it, when there's spirits and stuff around, what do you hear about? Cold spots. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, then why did the temperature go up? But in this situation,
2: the temperature (gasps) rose
1: up. Yeah, that's weird.
2: But it did get me thinking. Because, like, in a lot of these Ghost Hunter shows, they use a heat thermal camera. Mm -hmm. And they'll pick up the heat of where something is. So they must put off some kind of heat. Why else would a heat thermal camera get them? And if that's the case, though, why is there cold spots? So, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting, thought to bring it up. Anyways, Sally and Kim they go back downstairs. And let's remember that Kim is going to spend the night in the ghost room. <laughs> so she was noticeably shaken
1: after I'm this. Sure she was. I'd be second thinking that idea.
2: Well, Sally told her that there wasn't anything to worry about because the spirit wasn't evil, just scared. Well, I mean it was a scared spirit. Well, I guess so, yeah. She also said that she didn't know if the ghost would even come back or not that night. So Kim was definitely rethinking spending the night in the room, regardless of what mm-hmm. she said. Mm-hmm. Shortly after midnight, Sally left, and uh, Kim decided to have a drink or two of brandy to calm her nerves, and then she settled in upstairs. She brought up some coffee, a tape recorder, some some magazines, and she got herself settled. But she said at that time that the room was very cold and uncomfortable. She said that she knew she wouldn't get any sleep, so she left the lights on and the door open just in case. <laughs> about 2.30, she was calming down, but that was getting ready to change. Because about 30 minutes later, it was 3 a.m., and the room started to warm up. She knew what that meant from earlier. But she tried to talk herself into... Into you know just rationalizing. Yeah, like
1: man, my coffee's just making me hot. Right, and that's exactly
2: what she said—that it was the coffee or the brandy just making Mm -hmm. it appear hotter. Then it got warmer, and she thought to herself, "This isn't right." That same musty vanilla smell
1: was back. Came
2: back. She said that it was very strong, right towards her head. She said even though it was a smell. It felt like that it covered her, if that makes any sense. Kind of like a sheet. Mm-hmm. She said it was as if she could feel the smell on her clothes and on her hair and on the bed. She was so scared that she couldn't move. She said that she snapped out of it. She was a reporter. She was there to do a story, which meant she needed to focus. So She got out her recorder, and she said "It's it's 3 a.m., it's gotten warmer, and the smell just came back. I don't like it, and I'm going home. That's what she said. And she said the next day, it wasn't funny at the time, but she said the next day when she heard it played back, she mm-hmm. thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. But she said it wasn't funny at the time Oh, I'm sure all. it wasn't. So she quickly makes her way down the steep stone steps into the lobby. She said that the smell followed her all the way down the stairs, but it stopped as soon as she crossed from the, uh, the old castle part into the new part of the hotel well, that's crazy. It stopped instantly. So the night manager came over and uh, he got her a drink from the bar. He put her in a room at the complete opposite end of the hotel in the new park. He told her to spend the rest of the night there, and uh, he had to talk her into it because she was so oh, she was. Shaking. Ready to go. Yeah. she was ready to just go, but he talked her into it, and she stayed. The next morning, they were sitting there having breakfast, and a manager came over. And he had mentioned that several guests had complained about the infamous door knocking and nobody being there Mm -hmm. that night. One guest even said that a woman walked into her room and when she set up to get kind of a closer look, the lady disappeared. After breakfast, the manager asked him to at least go back upstairs and take a look at the ghost room in the daylight. So she did. She slowly walked up to the room She said it was very cold, no smell, just like it had started out the night before. They were leaving, and a manager said, oh, my God, look at the mirror. So Kim looks over at the mirror, and there, written in dust on the mirror, was her name, Kim. (gasps) Kim immediately said, I didn't do it. Kim made the manager question the staff, and they all said that they didn't do it. Kim says she still doesn't know to this day whether it was a prank or whatever it is, but she also doesn't want to know. Because <laughs> oh that's the story of the Ballygally Hotel. Dang, that sounds cool. So
1: I don't know. What would you? I know you'd probably love to stay there. Oh
2: yeah, in a heartbeat. And I would want to stay in the ghost room.
1: Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> I don't know. That's you think that if a ghost is hanging around and somebody sit up in their bed and saw you why wouldn't you hang around and have a combo I
2: don't know why like, you
1: gotta just disappear
2: maybe they just wanna be able to spy on you and be a peeping tom and they don't wanna get caught yeah that's but like, that's
1: not very they're not doing a good job they're well, getting caught
2: well that's like saying a to peeping tom why wouldn't a peeping tom hang, hang around and talk wouldn't cause you I be would be like,
1: thing, like hey wait don't go you know and say let's talk
2: yeah you wouldn't do a net when we were in Bartstown when you thought you saw something
1: yeah. yeah I don't true. remember
2: you asking that thing to talk
1: well that's true anyways that was creepier though
2: we're gonna take a really <clears throat> quick break from our sponsor and we've got uh, some Patreon stuff going on and we drink and we know things and I'm gonna fill you guys in on the progress of the book so far alright so Tracy we're writing this book I say we're but it's more me but you're in it and a whole bunch of other people
1: well thanks for including me well you know that's big up you yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway so it's going well we, we've I've not gotten near as far as i thought i would have there's just been a lot going on with kristen moving and stuff like that but the reality of it is i'm happy with work where, where we're at right now mm-hmm. and we've gotten three chapters done where most of the paranormal stuff early paranormal stuff is done and i've let four or five people read it and so far everybody's had positive things to say
1: no i think you've done a really great job
2: so I'm excited about it. And like I said, we I'm ready to get cracking at it again tomorrow.
1: Crack-a-lackin'.
2: Crack-a-lackin'. Uh, tell us about Patreon and uh, iTunes reviews, please. I will. And then right after that, we will play the uh, little segment from Andrea and Tom. You guys are going to love this. It was pretty fun. I remember Tracy laughing her tail off at one point.
1: <laughs> All right. Our iTunes reviews, um, we have Ghost Host 14, Natalie Singer, Jason B., zero zero seven yo mama and amanda jameson thank you guys my goodness y'all's reviews were like so awesome yeah they were
2: very good reviews and and it does help us tremendously when we can when you can leave a review so
1: yeah somebody call me a queen dang
2: well you
1: know that was so nice but thank you guys you're I'm... my queen oh i love you sweetheart love you too and our Patreons was Dietra Reinhardt and Rhea Taylor. Thank you guys so much for supporting us, and we just love you guys. Pieces.
2: Yeah, Dietra was just on our Patreon listener yes, stories episode. Yes. She had a couple of stories from where she was in Fort Hood in Texas. Very good stories. So yes. she went from one haunted house, stayed four months, and then went to an moved into another house, and it was haunted also.
1: Yeah, uh, that's crazy and unheard of. <laughs> but you know. People just, I guess, ghost to attract to her because she's a sweetheart or something. I'm not really sure, but...
2: Yep, I would absolutely agree. But All right. thank
1: you guys for your support. Like I said, we appreciate you. We love the reviews so much. It means the world to us. And thank you for your support on Patreon.
2: Right after we listen to this uh, little snippet from We Drink and We Know Things from Tom and Andrea Payne, Tracy's got kind of a cool story to talk about. And then uh, obviously the one-year anniversary of the passing of her father is coming up in a couple days and um, we just had a unique experience happen last weekend and today that all kind of ties together so we're going to talk about that right after this interview so stick around Hey, guys, we've got some old friends on the line here. We've got Andrea and Tom Payne. They're a husband-wife team from We Drink and We Know Things. Thanks for coming on, guys.
0: Man, thank you for having us.
2: Hi. We're Happy
3: to be here. Excited to be here.
2: So you guys have performed with us at the Louisville show we did, uh, not this past year, because it got canceled. We yeah. were going to be there. And the year before, though, you performed live with us, and you've been on, I think, two of the Halloween specials that we've done. So we're glad to have you back on for a full length interview. It's a long time coming.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, we and, and as a side, you've done so much for us. We appreciate you so much, man. Yeah,
2: you guys are like we the best guys. podcast
0: friends ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love you guys. So it's we're happy and to be we here. We appreciate it.
2: <laughs> well, we you know always like to take care of our own, and you guys are out of Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. which is our hometown, and. I absolutely love what you guys do. You have a great dynamic in your husband-wife team, and you know we got a soft spot for that. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Uh Thank you. So tell everybody a little bit, if they're unfamiliar with your show, tell them basically what your show is.
3: Well, we kind of cover a bunch of different topics. We don't really stick to one thing. But every week, Tom tells me a story that he doesn't think I know about, and I Mm -hmm. tell Tom a story I don't think he knows about. I cover mm-hmm. a lot of true crime and paranormal and I some weird stuff sometimes and then Tom you usually cover I cover
0: a lot of conspiracy theories, cryptids, you know, ufology. I get a, I dive a little bit into the occults when I can. And we just we just try to do it with a with an air of lightness and we just try to we just try to have a good time with it.
3: And obviously in the title we drink and we know things we have some drinks. We do some drinks. <laughs> um, we do and a little drinking. It's a comedy podcast, so we have a good time with everything. Even when we're talking about serious things, we still keep it, you know, yeah. pretty lighthearted or best as we can. We have a good time with it. I so. talked.
0: I talked a lot of smack when we started the podcast because I'm a bartender by trade. I come up. Working bars and, you know, bourbon bars in Louisville. And I said, we're going to do a different cocktail every episode. And after like three episodes, I realized (laughs) (laughs) we were going to go bankrupt. So now we mostly drink boxed wine and talk smack.
3: Yeah. (laughs) We have fun, though. And we do some extra stuff, too, where we do some bonus episodes where we cover like creepy pastas Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, the glitch in the Matrix and let's, not meet. So let's we, not meet
0: we we definitely fell fell down a like a reddit hole oh
3: and we did a florida man friday for yeah a we while, did a florida Man really friday
0: fun. for a little while <laughs> but then when when with with the you know the with covid uh florida men weren't out anymore <laughs> florida humans were not <laughs> out anymore well yeah. they were but not you know they weren't committing crimes yeah. so we definitely eased back on that but we do we try to put out at least one bonus episode every other week or so i think yeah. probably yeah yeah
2: Well, you guys are definitely fun and it comes through on the podcast and you're just as fun in person. So that's what I think I enjoy about the podcast is that it truly, from what I've been able to see from the time we spent with you guys, it is you. This is exactly what you do. It's just like you just show up and have a conversation and you're not putting on an act or anything like that. What you see is what you get.
3: Absolutely, yeah. We try to
2: keep it cheeseball free, and the alcohol
3: keeps it pretty down to earth. Keeps us loose,
2: (laughs) keeps us natural.
3: We might mess up some words in here and there, uh, but we have we have fun, and we try to do the best research we can. Yeah,
0: I think that us fumbling words has kind of become a little piece of the show. It has. I used to be really adamantly like editing that stuff out, but there's some stuff just so friggin' funny. When we say words and and phrases that just come out so silly.
3: We always just say, words are hard.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So give me an idea of what you guys are going to tell us about tonight.
3: Okay, so this is a little bit different. I mean, it is what we do, but since we're, we're going to cover it together, it's something that I covered i think in like episode two it was early man and then yeah. i did it again a couple weeks back and so i thought I'd, there were so many things about it i thought we would revisit it again it is basically just a list of unusual deaths that have happened
0: throughout
2: time yes
3: yeah, starting with like antiquity moving from middle ages to the 19th 20th 21st century because there's some wild stuff that happened.
2: that sounds like fun so i'm gonna turn the microphone over to you guys and let you do what you do
0: Cool, man. We appreciate it. Okay. Also, let's have a little. Let's have a little quick drink.
3: Oh, do we do a clinky a like we clunky. normally do? Uh yeah. oh, clink.
0: Hey, all right. Let us get our, our documents <laughs> together here.
3: So, unusual deaths include unique or extremely rare circumstances of death recorded throughout history, noted as being unusual by multiple sources, and there are so many that date back, starting from, like I said, antiquity. Through Middle Ages, 19th, 20th, some of these I didn't even know we were. I
0: didn't know we were keeping documents already. I'm exactly who was was chiseling this down. Like they were chiseling it into something. Yeah,
3: beats me. But I we're just gonna kind of jump through some of them, and I'm gonna let you start with one,
0: Tom. Okay, so the first one that we're gonna talk about is Draco, or I mean Draco, Draco Malfoy. Oh, that's another
3: thing. When we say words are hard. When you go back to like BC, these names are crazy. Names so bear with silly. us. <laughs> uh,
0: so Draco was an Athenian lawmaker. Was reportedly smothered to death by gifts of cloaks and hats showered upon him by appreciative citizens at a theater on <laughs> on Agina is the name of the place. Yeah,
3: well, well, <laughs>
0: it is what it is. You put that. You made me read that one on purpose.
3: I, I like to try to. Uh, what is it when you spell it out? Oh yeah, you phonetically, phonetically. Got it, you phonetically
0: got me together on that one.
3: That guy died from gifts.
0: People just gifts,
3: s- not gifts. Imagine
0: just somebody throwing so many blankets at you that you die. He enjoyed it. That was a straight. <laughs> he didn't get out of the way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start with 455 BC. According to Valerius Maximus, Aeschylus, the eldest of the three great. Athenian tragedians, tragedians, Nailed it. Don't that, a thing. was killed by a tortoise dropped by an <laughs> eagle that had mistaken his bald head, Jerry, watch out,
1: <laughs> for a rock
3: suitable for shattering the shell of the reptile.
0: Stop.
3: Pliny, in his Naturalist Historiae, adds that uh, Aeschylus had been staying outdoors to actually avert a prophecy that he would be killed by a falling object
0: and then my man's died from a falling turtle yeah man that's a crazy... great
2: <laughs> i'm assuming that was a slow death
0: yeah it was a very slow death the, t- the turtle <laughs> fell really hard really really slowly so the next one uh we're gonna it was according to a greek philosopher democritus of abdera died at the age of 109 I mean, that's pretty good. This is in 370 BC. Mm. As he was on his deathbed, his sister was greatly worried because she needed to fulfill her religious obligations to the goddess Artemis. Mm -hmm. In the approaching three-day Thesmophoria festival, it's where everybody rages, I guess, (laughs) in 370 BC, Democritus told her to place a loaf of warm bread under his nose and he was able to survive for the three days of the festival by sniffing it. How delightful. Uh, However, after the festival, they removed the bread and he died.
3: Well... He got through. secrets
0: of long- secrets to longevity breads.
3: yeah, wow. okay I'm moving to May 31st of 1410. Martin of Aragon died from a combination of indigestion <laughs> and uncontrollable laughter. Okay? I hope
0: that's how I go out according sounds, to tra-
3: right according to tradition, Martin was suffering from indigestion on account of eating an entire goose. When his favorite jester, Bora, entered the king's bedroom.
0: Hey, I got a joke for you, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Seriously. When Martin asked Bora where he had been, the jester replied, with Out of the Next Vineyard where I saw a young deer hanging by his tail from a tree, <laughs> as if someone had so punished him for stealing figs. And this
0: joke Abs- absolute knee slapper
3: caused the king to die. From laughter. I I don't I don't see the humor. I think
0: I missed the punchline somewhere in there, man. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) just eating a whole duck and then the homie tells you a joke and it kills you.
3: Yep. I mean that's one way to go.
0: Okay, so uh, George Plantagenet.
3: Where are we at? What Pla- year?
0: Uh, the 18th of February, 1478. We're jumping. <laughs> We're moving through there's time. there's so many. So the first Duke of Clarence was allegedly executed by drowning in a barrel of Malmsby wine, apparently his own choice when he accepted he was to be killed. <laughs> I'm on board. If you're taking me out, you're <laughs> going to put me in a barrel full of wine. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. <laughs> Just chug it while Just you're on your way in. out. Just get it out. Yeah, go out fat and happy, man. Just like the other guy, yeah. you know?
3: Okay, so now I'm moving to uh, <laughs> February 17th, 1673. The French playwright Moyer suffered a pulmonary hemorrhage caused by tuberculosis while playing the character Argon, a severe hypochondriac, in his own play, The Imaginary Invalid. Okay? I just
0: want you to know you navigated all those words like an absolute professional just then. Thank you. Jeez.
3: As they were coming, they looked really scary, but I got through (laughs) it. He disguised his convolution as part of his performance and actually finished the show, which included a scene in which the character he was playing faked his own death. Stop. To find out how his wife really felt about him. What a weird That's way a to fish. Y'all a are married. I think she likes you. <laughs> After the show, Moyer's actual wife, who played the daughter of his character, realized that he was really ill. And she carried him across the street to their house in the same chair he had pretended to die in as a part of the performance.
0: Oh my. Did he actually die in it?
3: He began coughing up blood, and she sent for a priest to hear him renounce his acting career so he could be buried on sacred ground, but he died before a, sorry you before a sympathetic priest could be
0: found. <laughs> no way. Sorry, buddy. Man, he had to be like, I won't act anymore. I won't. <laughs> In the afterlife, I promise. I'll take up a better profession. Oh, we're really jumping here. We're going to talk about Frank Hayes. There's
3: just so many, we have to jump
0: quickly. There's a million We could be here all night. Um, (laughs) This is in 1924. The only race Frank Hayes, a 35-year-old jockey of Elmont, New York, ever won was when he died. Riding a horse called Sweet Kiss, Frank suffered a fatal heart attack mid-race and collapsed on the horse. Sweet Kiss managed to still win with his his body on it, and he technically won. I've heard jockeys live tough. I know they don't. They they have an easy life. Those guys work hard, live hard.
3: That horse should have been called Death Kiss. <laughs> hey.
0: Oh, hey. At least
3: he won.
0: Yeah, good for him. Mm. Going going out on a high note, Yikes.
3: right? <laughs> I'm jumping to 1958. Gareth Jones. Gareth. He was an actor. He died of a heart attack between scenes of a live television play called Underground. Other members of the cast improvised lines. Such as,
0: Stop it.
3: quote, I'm sure if so and so were here, he would say
0: <laughs> the show must go on You <laughs> to know, to
3: compensate for Jones's absence. Coincidentally, Jones's character was supposed to die of a heart attack Creepy. in a later scene of the play.
0: Cre- well, he jumped the gun, man.
3: <laughs> no, <Aww>. Seriously. <laughs> Jeez, that's sad.
0: Oh, no. What a
3: weird yeah. twist of events. Yeah, so weird. Jeez. I mean it's sad. All of this is sad. Everybody's if I ever dying, do like a, but...
0: you know, like one of the local theater things and like I'm I'm scheduled to die in a scene, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna opt out of the whole show. You're not gonna
3: do that. Well
0: <laughs> I, mean, I think the little colonel is still hiring. <laughs> so next we're gonna talk about Kurt Godel, uh, an Austrian American logician and mathematician, died of starvation when his wife was hospitalized. He refused oh. to eat food prepared by anyone else. <laughs> And he was, he suffered from an obsessive fear of being poisoned, and he just starved to death because his wife got sick. Well, oh yeah, That's he really crazy. liked her cooking. Yeah, she made the best chicken tendies. And she in Austria, and she wasn't going to poison him. <laughs> nope, the only one that wouldn't. Everybody else had to poison <laughs> my guy.
3: Okay, I'm jumping to 2004. Oh yeah, it's wild. We're to really me.
0: we've really progressed. We're we're in the modern times now. Well,
3: it's wild to me that like
0: it makes everything much easier to some pronounce. Some of
3: these crazy things because you get like back in like forever. BC sure, when sure. like an elephant fell on somebody. Sure, when you get like more modern day, it's like what this stuff is. Yeah, weird things are still happening.
0: crazy weird stuff happening. Yeah.
3: So in 2004, Philip Quinn was 24 from Kent, Washington, was killed when a lava lamp. He was heating. <laughs> no, he
0: wasn't. Dude, he was, nobody had a lava lamp still in 2004. Okay,
3: but he was heating it on a. St- Dove. But that's not how those work.
0: You know you do that. That's not what you do with love. <laughs>
3: it exploded and a oh, shard no. pierced his heart.
0: Oh, but what
3: are the odds?
0: Peak Darwinism. It
3: was like when we were out in I the yard yesterday it. and you were weed eating and you you busted that I, thing and a shard of glass <laughs> hit me in the face.
2: That was completely coincidental.
3: <laughs> But what? It could have hit me in the heart and killed it, me. Oh
2: man. So yeah, ask Steve Irwin what the odds are. Right.
0: <laughs> Jerry said ask Steve Irwin what the odds are.
3: Oh, he's um, on this list. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. Okay, next, Jimmy Heseldon, 26 September 2010. My man was 62 years old and he was the owner of Segway Incorporated. He died after apparently riding a Segway personal transport system off of a cliff. You can't make that up. The guy that invented the Segway died just... from falling off a cliff on his Segway.
3: You think he was playing Pokemon Go?
0: He was definitely Pokemon Going it.
2: Oh, <laughs> he was definitely Pokemon Going it. That's Not such paying a bummer. attention. That's
3: such a bummer. Okay, jumping. I'm at 2017. 2017.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say talk about segueing into the afterlife.
0: Oh, Jerry's got the. He said talk about segueing into the afterlife. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I mean, we set you up perfect for that. I'm I'm offended. I didn't figure that one out. That was great. Seriously. What a great punchline.
3: So, 2017, Robert Dreyer, uh, 89 years old. This is wild. He drowned on his birthday. Bummer. But wait, he didn't fall into the lake. He crashed his car into a fire hydrant. And Dreyer successfully stepped out of his car, but was swallowed by a sinkhole. What? Likely (laughs) created as a result of the destruction of the fire hydrant and subsequent water pressure.
0: Imagine just that, like... The chaos of crashing your car and being like, Whoa, I'm okay. Things could have been so uh, much worse. Whoa, I'm getting <laughs> swallowed by the freaking planet. Yeah, just freaking kidding.
3: Oh. I mean, that's such a freaking bummer.
0: Dude. Yeah, because imagine you're just like, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right, guys. He's like waving and passing. I'm, I'm okay. Fun, I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: Oh, Whoa, no, I'm swallowed. And not only, it's not like you just die from the sinkhole. You get, dr- you, you drowned because def- you hit a fire hydrant God, that created the and sinkhole. And you get the
0: brakes beat off you by the planet.
3: Ugh, that's a bummer. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think I got one or two more.
3: You got one, and then I'm going to do that one. Oh, you're going to do that yeah. one?
0: Yeah. She runs the paperwork. She's the boss. <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about my man Sam Ball Ballard in 2018. Sam Ballard, he was 29 years old, died from angiostrongulitis. Oh, yeah.
3: I gave you that one on purpose. <laughs> mm, appreciate
0: it. Medical condition. Uh, after eating a garden slug as a dare eight years earlier. He died
3: from eating a slug.
0: Eight years earlier. Eight
3: years ago. And keep well, in mind, the-
0: he would have been 21 when he did it, so still kind of a dingus. It took eight <laughs> years for it to kill him. Yeah. It's like, you know, don't swallow your gum, okay? <laughs> you might die from a really long word eight oh, years from no. now. Also, don't eat slugs. Ew. Why are you eating slugs, man? You ain't that hungry. <laughs> ain't this isn't a- naked and afraid.
3: This is like a delicacy in some places, <laughs> I think, Yeah, this right? is in France. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got one more, which comes January 14th, 2020. Yep. Which is also wild to me because I wonder if anything with like COVID will. End I was about it. to
0: say, is this the is this the Cracker Jack that started COVID? No, like-
3: Sergio, whoa,
0: oh yeah, Milan,
3: fifty nine, was killed when the ceiling of his flat in Tarragona, Spain, collapsed on him. The collapse was caused by a heavy metal plate that flew three kilometers, propelled by an explosion. From a factory in the outskirts of the town, and eventually Jeez. crashed into the flat. That thing got flung.
0: So I don't speak. So I don't speak far. kilometers, but I think it was a long little range there. Crazy. Yeah. That's like when you see those. Um, when you see those videos of like near misses. Like, have you ever seen those people like walking on the street and like a tire flies off the car? Yeah. Or, and just utter destruction. It's like that for like miles. That thing just flew for so far. There was a
3: couple in there like that. There was one where a guy got impaled by a. A be- an umbrella on a beach because there was high winds oh no oh and there was another guy who got just having a day he's out there's getting uh, some sun yeah another guy was going to put out a fire and and got hit with the fire extinguisher that
0: blew out of the um it's Gee, just like, my poor
3: steve Irwin is on that list though <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. rest in pieces to all those poor folks that I know. died so crazy even but the yeah ones
3: that is just a little touch on Something that we've covered a couple times in the podcast. Because yes. there's so many, I could probably, we could probably cover this. You could like, do it
0: as a podcast.
3: Probably, yeah. People die all
0: kind of funky ways all the time. Somebody just did something real dumb somewhere in the world and just died, like just right now. We, yeah. They're listening to We Drink and We Know Things. They're listening to Hillbilly Horror stories. And of course,
3: they're not funny, but it's just some crazy things that have happened that just fascinate me and blow yeah. my mind. and. That's something that we've covered a few times uh, on the podcast. Yeah, which
0: you can find on our stream. We, we drink and we know things. Podcast. <laughs> hey, hey,
2: hey. <laughs> I thought that was a perfect representation of what your show is. It was fun. It was light. YouTube's. You had that awesome chemistry with each other. so perfect.
0: Well, Thanks.
2: man, we kind of like
0: each other. We dig hanging out. I guess. You know? and we've been freaking kicking it. We've been in quarantine together. I still, I'm still cool with you. Yeah, right?
3: yeah. <laughs> better, Just hope you don't end up on that list.
2: Jeez. Yeah,
0: Jerry. Again, if she calls you about a life insurance policy, you got to hit me up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll give you the heads up right after well, I get the first. Somebody's premium. got
0: to, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, is there any better way that these guys? You got an Instagram page or anything they can follow you on?
0: Oh my gosh, absolutely. Uh, you can email us at we drink and we know things podcast at gmail if you have story ideas or if you if you if you're a fan of the show. Uh, we're on yeah. most platforms. Uh, I think we're going to be on iHeartRadio pretty soon, but we're on Spotify. Spotify, iTunes, all all the major ones. You can find us
3: Stitcher, St- yeah, Google Play, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. And we we love uh, hearing from folks. You can find us at We Drink and We Know Things podcast on pretty much every social media. Yeah, uh, we or, got Twitter or Google Instagram. search. There are some Game of Thrones themed podcasts, but we don't we don't mess with those guys. So you know, hang out with us
2: instead. <laughs> <laughs> awesome guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed to the show, go subscribe. Also leave them a review on iTunes and in the review left leave in there that you uh, heard them on here. So yeah, thank absolutely. you guys for coming on. Thank we you so it. much thank for thank having us. Thank you so much,
0: man. We appreciate you.
2: We had a blast. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it.
2: They are so much fun. And I'm telling you, it's just amazing how many strange ways people can be killed over the years. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest type things. It's it's amazing. All right. So we promised a little, little story. So we're going to go back. I think we mentioned this on the last show, but maybe not. Before the Pigeon Ford Show, Tracy got a call on Facebook Messenger from two people. It was like a you know group call. It was male and female and that's important for what I'll say later but so they talked to Tracy for a little bit before, you know as we're waiting to get the show started and Tracy go ahead and, and tell everybody what that call was about.
1: So, like Jerry said, um, you know, she called, and we were sitting there talking, and she said to me that, you know, somebody had came to her, and that wanted to tell me that he loved me very much, and he's always around me, and the way it was described, it was my dad. So, of course, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so excited. So, we got on with the show, and then... We had, we talked about other things, but then I talked again to her yesterday and she asked me if I had felt my dad at all. Have you found anything that just kind of caught you off guard? Like where the hell did that come from? And I said, well, no, not really. And she said, well, I think you need to look a little closer. He wants you to feel him just like you want to feel him. He left you something for you yesterday just to let you know he was there okay and this is kind of funny <laughs> when i think about it now i never thought about it at one one time at all well i was in the hospital and when my dad was always in the hospital a hosp- couple
2: of days ago she was in the oh hospital. no i
1: was in the hospital a couple of days ago
2: yeah
1: and but when my dad and mom were in the hospital my dad always made sure <laughs> he took everything in that room cuz he would be like dude I've paid a lot of money for, to be in here. So I want everything from the bedpan to everything that comes in it, you know, like the little shampoos or whatever and lotions. So the second day I was there and that day I was getting ready to leave. And I looked over and I saw one of those pink bedpans just loaded down with stuff. And I'm like, I know for a fact I have never seen that daggone thing there.
2: And when she says loaded down with stuff, not stuff you would typically find in a bedpan. Not that kind of loaded down. With oh,
1: yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. So so also when the, the nurse was dis, was discharging me, she was like, well, here, you want this thermometer. They're going to just throw it away. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'll take that. And then she had the stethoscopes. And she said, I mean, they're pretty good. I mean, they're not the real expensive things." She said, but they're just going to throw it away. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'll take that. And so I put it all over and I grabbed the big old bedpan and I stuck it in the plastic bag, and I said, Dad, this is for you, because it just cracked me up, because it just made me think, and it's just the weirdest thing, they hadn't even seen it there before, so I brought all of it home, well, today we were going to Kristen's, and still moving stuff, we came back, I have a big picture of my dad, it's just beautiful, it had fallen to the floor, which I don't know how, because it's on one of those Yeah, it's on a hook. Yeah, with the nails down into it. I came in, I'm like, oh, my God, Dad's picture fell. So we go on in. I put his picture back up, and I have a picture, a mom and dad, on a, a little mom and dad picture on the side of a candle or something like that. Dad's picture was turned over. Mom's wasn't. So I'm like, Jerry, do you think this is what's going on? Because it really kind of freaked me out. So... I don't know if that's dad's way of saying, hi, you took the bedpan or what. So I guess that's what she was talking about, about looking, you know, take a closer look.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, you were in the hospital at that time. Right. So that wouldn't be something you would think about, but it it, it was something that after the fact kind of made sense.
1: (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know if I should be freaked out by it or just laugh about it because that's (laughs) this is how my dad was. But it was very weird that only his pictures had fallen. So, Dad, I'm just saying, if you're here in his house, please stay around and come and see me again and visit and talk or whatever you want to do because I just thought that was amazing. So,
2: All right, guys, that wraps up this edition of Hillbilly Horror Stories. We just want to say thank everybody and let you know that we love you and we're always thinking about you and we're always here for you
1: absolutely we love y'all and we hope you have a blessed week